person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. In other words, we know that a person is not made right by his striving, or by her sweating, or running, or climbing, or achievement, or accomplishment, but we're actually made Christians by trusting in the work of another person. Immediately, just by reading that verse, it's very easy to hear and understand that this message, that this good news, is not something that man made up, right? Man could never say, we know that a person is not justified by his works, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Man would have never constructed the gospel. Man would have never invented the gospel, right? And the main reason is, is that none of us would forfeit our glory. When we say that salvation is by grace and not by works, your glory is forfeited. You need a Savior. You're helpless. You need someone to rescue you. And so just in these few verses, you will see and understand that Paul, and what he's trying to help us understand, that this good news, that this gospel news, is from the Lord Jesus himself. Mark Luther would say, the great father of the Reformation, as he struggled in his Christian faith, he wrote, if ever a person could be made righteous by work, surely it would be me. I was a monk, and I kept the order so strictly that I could not that I could claim that if ever a monk were able to reach heaven by monkish disciplines, I should have found my way there. Many of you know Martin Luther, he was strict, he was a strict disciplinarian, works-based righteousness, felt like God was always angry with him. Felt like that he could attain righteousness, he could attain God through his good works. And yet Luther would say that he knew that it was never enough to clear his conscience. That he always knew that he was falling short of what God commanded of him. That he was always falling short of the righteousness that God required. And it made Luther heavy. And it made him weighty. And it made him discouraged. Why does it free us from 
from the bondage of legalism. Well, the reason is because the church is always overflowing the Pharisees. The church is always overflowing from recovering Pharisees. Those who think that God does for them what God does for them depends on what they do for God. It's a tit-for-tat relationship with God. Surely, if I come to church, then God will owe me. Surely, if I'm a good pastor, then God will surely be in my debt. But no debt is church. You're always and continually in need to come and drink from the waters of Romans 117, right? There's a righteousness that comes from God. It's by faith. We need to come to Ephesians 2, 8, 9. It is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And it's not of yourselves. It's the gift of God so that no one can boast. So in the church, we have to continually come back week after week after week and hear the gospel because we're so prone to miss it. Church, the Christian, we always, always need to be continually vigilant, not to bring our muddy waters, our five-gallon buckets of righteousness to the gospel. Why, you may ask? Because when you do that, you nullify the gospel. Listen to Galatians. I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. So if righteousness can be obtained through the law, if righteousness can be obtained through my striving, then Jesus Christ, and his life, his death, and resurrection is futile. And Paul wants us to understand when we bring our works, when we bring our righteousness in our buckets, and we pour them into the fountain of living water, we pour them into the message of the gospel, then you nullify the gospel. It's no longer the gospel. It's Jesus plus something else. The interesting thing about the book of Galatians is that Paul himself was a recovering Pharisee. In chapter 3 of Philippians, Paul tells us that he was the Pharisee of all Pharisees. That if anyone had reason to put confidence in the flesh, it was him. Because he was circumcised on the eighth day. He was of the people of Israel. He was of the chosen people of God. It says he was of the tribe of Benjamin. And from the tribe of Benjamin came Israel's first king, Saul. Paul said he was a Hebrew of Hebrews in regard to the law. He was faultless. It says he was a persecutor of the church, the religious of all religious. Paul was a self-made man. Everyone in America would have followed Paul. And the question is, is how did Paul, the self-reliant, vehement persecutor of the church, the one who would hunt down Christians, have them thrown in jail, the one who wanted to eradicate the gospel from planet Earth, how did that man become a man who was willing to die for the gospel? How did Paul become the man who would lay down his life for God's people and God's church? How did a man who was self-righteous, self-religious, 
hater of Christians become the man who says, five times I was beaten, 40 lashes minus one for his faith in Christ. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned and left for dead. Three times I was shipwrecked, in danger of river, in danger of robbers, hated by my own people, in danger from the Gentiles, sleepless nights, hungry, thirsty, without food, cold, not to mention the daily pressures on me and the anxiety of caring for Christ's church. How does that happen? How does Hitler go from killing and hating and persecuting the Jews in just one instant, become the greatest lover of the Jewish people, willing to die for their safety?
gospel. See, there's two very important things at stake in Paul's apostleship. Again, one is the authority of the scriptures, and the other is the justification by faith alone. Look at verse 3. It says, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Without the resurrection, there can be no peace and grace from God. The very nature of our salvation is the nature of reconciliation. The very nature of what Christ has done for us is that he's brought us back into peace with God. And therefore, being brought back into peace with God, we can be brought back into peace with one another. And then we can be brought back to peace within. See, in the Garden of Eden, in the fall, all peace was lost. Peace with God, peace with man, peace within. You see, all turmoil, turmoil without and turmoil within comes because we all have sinned against God. All the tragedies in the world, all the heartaches are because
God has done this all, verse 5 tells us, for his glory. God has done this all for his majesty. You see, the gospel is all about God. The gospel is all about God's glory and his majesty. The resurrection is all about God. Yes, we are the benefactors. Yes, we are those who receive benefits. But it's God who gets the glory. Right? It's always the giver who gets the glory. It is God who has given salvation to his church. So I encourage you, church, as we study through the book of Romans, meditate on these passages. Meditate on these verses. Because we are all recovering Pharisees. We are always trying to add to the gospel. We are always trying to add to the resurrection. And when we do, it's this bondage. It's despair. And often, we are not free from our sin. Because for the Lord to let us overcome our sin by our own power and our own might only leads to pride only leads to arrogance and only leads to our glory. So the gospel is about the glory of God. So as we come to the book of Galatians, God has given us the book of Galatians to free us. And if we could just experience the freedom that Christ has purchased for us, maybe if we could just experience 50% of the time, I'm confident our neighbors to come to the waters and drink, right? To come to Christ. To come to the one who desires to atone for your sin and set you free from your self-consciousness. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the book of Galatians. We thank you for the life of Paul. We thank you for the great work that you did in his heart and how you rescued him from his self-righteousness. But Lord, we too, as your church and as your people, acknowledge that we, like Paul, need to be rescued from our self-righteousness, that we need to be rescued from our striving, that we need to be rescued from our trophies of our own efforts. Lord Jesus, that we need you to show up in our lives. And we need to understand that it's only We are made right with you. And God, it is only because of the risen Christ that we have your smile, that we have your approval. God, that our sanctification is not what makes our justification solid and secure, but it is understanding our justification and what Christ has done for us that gives us the passion, that gives us the pursuit to live a life that is honored and pleasing. So I pray that as we preach and study and read the book of Galatians, that we would work hard to see Jesus. That we would not work hard, God, in our works, but God, that we would strive to see what Christ has accomplished on our behalf. And God, if we see that, we will be willing to give up everything to follow you. God, if we understand that, we will shout it from the mountain in our city, in our neighborhood, that Christ is risen and longs to know. 
times I've read the book of Galatians, and even this week after reading it again, I'm like, Lord, I truly am a recovering Pharisee. I'm so prone to try to earn it. I'm so prone to try to strive for it. And Jesus, just like with his disciples, on the night that he was betrayed, he's like, right, quit striving and just come to the table that I've made for you. Quit running and just come and sit and drink and eat with me. We need to understand the message of Galatians. It is vitally important for you and for your children to know that Christ has done it all. There's nothing left to do but come and eat and drink. So when we come to the table, you don't come because you're right. You come because he's right. He's good. they cannot earn it. 